Hi there. Welcome and thank you for listening in. I'm super stoked to have you with me. My name is Philip Hartman and Being Dad is a show for dads. I meet and speak to unique dads, asking them to impart their wisdom and to share their experiences as dads with us. The reason for being dad is my own story. I became a father five times within 13 months. Yes, five times, 13 months. I was seriously underprepared and I struggled to find inspiring content for myself. By meeting and connecting with these men, I'm trying to learn all there is about being a dad. We cover heart-to-heart topics between two dads and our aim is to inspire other fathers. And with this, hopefully we can make a positive impact on families around the world. My next dad, Sander, is a very dear friend of mine. He's 41 years old and he's got one daughter together with his partner Babish. Sander has always been a big inspiration for me as a dad. His wife struggled with postnatal depression after Lou was born and it was very valuable for me to hear firsthand how they managed that situation. Sander is a humble, warm man with a big heart. He has an awesome family and both our families have been friends for many years. Sander and myself go back over a decade. We both have been part of a group of men doing a yearly surf trip to somewhere in the world for the last 12 years. So I know Sander's story as a dad well and I've been wanting him on the podcast for a long time already. We obviously speak about how his partner's postpartum depression impacted Sander and Babish as a couple, what it is and what he learned from the situation. And we also cover each of our birth experiences and how to empower dads during birth. Breastfeeding, not sleeping as a, as a young parents, and unmet expectations in relationships and how to deal with that. The most powerful takeaways for me as a dad were step up as a dad, this is your decision. Go to all the checkups, be there for the birth and make sure you're being involved. Ask questions and do apply yourself. Have a doula, be flexible and do not hold on to expectations. Dads are able to empower their children by not minding, but minding them at the same time. Lastly, please do check out togetherforcapetown.com. Our aim is to provide 3 million meals to children in Cape Town's townships before the year is out. And since our start three weeks ago, we were able to raise 55,000 meals so far. So all of you who've been involved already, thank you so much. You can find more under togetherforcapetown.com. All right. If you like this episode, please leave me a review. As always, I really appreciate the time. And thank you for listening in. Enjoy the session. Thank you. The best advice I can give myself as a dad is being flexible. Unexpected situations will happen while parenting. And it's important that you don't get stuck. Otherwise, you will miss out on a lot of beautiful stuff. It's also important to be there for each other as a family. The best advice I can give myself as a dad is being flexible. Unexpected situations will happen while parenting and if you get stuck, you will miss out on a lot of beautiful stuff. It's also important to be there for each other as a family. I am super stoked to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Um, you said we don't know each other for 20 years, but I thought so. At least it feels like it, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> we've we been going for what surf trip for we've done 11 i think once a year yeah yeah we once managed to do like two in a year like was that crazy. was a good trick because we said it's next year's but it, next year's already starting yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And I yeah. think you've skipped the one um, where you had your child, Lou, your daughter. Yeah, I skipped one trip, and that was when my daughter was uh, just born. Yeah. So that was a good thing to do because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I skipped the one when the triplets were born, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just what how it goes, man. So, anyways, I'm really, really happy that you're here. And the reason why I really wanted to speak to you on, on the show is not just because you're a dear friend, but because I know that you'll add value in your shares. Um, you have always been a big inspiration for me as a dad or um, as a dad figure because you've had a child um, before I had a child and I could see how much love and and time you were spending with Lou um, from a distance because you're in Holland and I'm in South Africa. And But I could see it on Instagram and whenever I saw you, I could see your eyes and how you became emotional when you talked about Lou. And for me, you were always the 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 poster child dad, like you know. Oh yeah, yeah, nice yeah. man. Yeah, it's good yeah. to hear. <laughs> I think yeah, I think that also yeah, we know each other for that long, and we went on that journey together. Like we were when we met, we we were not thinking about uh, being a dad at all, and we like surfing, and then we talked. Yeah, we have to do this for our lives, and and so on and so on, and then. You always got married. It was like the first step. And then you got married or so-so. And then Babis, my wife, got pregnant. So we went on a trip and was like, yeah, I have to tell you something, guys. Uh, I'm going to be a dad in like uh, one year or so. And yeah, I think uh, it's really cool to uh, experience the, uh, that together. Uh, and I think that's also cool that you saw the whole journey of me being a dad. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that being said, um, yeah. So uh, I think it's nice that you see that uh, as an inspiration. Um, yeah. <laughs> Where did I go with this? I don't know. No. Uh, yeah. For context for the listeners, how old is Lou now? Uh, Lou is now nine years. Nine years old. Yeah. What I found always inspirational is that you really, um, yeah, spent the time. I could see that you spent the time. You just didn't didn't just take the snapshot and walked away, but you actually like went on missions with her. And it's yeah. also it's amazing because I know the story behind it also. Um, that the time after the birth was quite stressful for you, or, or maybe even during the pregnancy. I don't know that we actually never spoke about that. But yeah. I wanted to ask you if if you want to talk talk about that because I think that's um, an important topic to hear for for other dads and mums. Uh, by the way, because no one really speaks about that much, or at least not men. Yeah, I can. Yeah, actually, it's a good question because um, yeah, I can take you uh, on a story from the pregnancy to after uh, uh, and after the pregnancy. Um, because uh, when Babis got pregnant, it was all going well and everything went uh, just like the books told you. So, like. Um, The pregnancy was really nice, uh, and yeah, we we had a great time um, experience that together. Like when husband and no wife, uh, she's not really my wife, but yeah, yeah, you know, uh, in a relationship. Um, and uh, actually, the birth was super amazing because uh, we had a home birth. Um, it was freezing in Holland. There was like snow on the streets and. We really wanted to be 
uh, that Lou uh, got to be born in our house. But yeah, when it's like super slippery outside, we're also a little bit scared because when something goes wrong, you have to go to the hospital and there's snow. And mm. so, yeah, that was a bit tricky. But uh, in the end, uh, we managed to do it at home. So we're like in the own bedroom. Um, and she was, uh, yeah, I was helping actually with the bird, with the the, the doctor, and uh, yeah, so it was super nice, and it went really good. It was like in a couple of hours, so yeah, we were like on the on yeah on a happy space together. And I remember Babish t- telling me like in the minute after Lou was bur- born, Woo, if it's like this, I want to have three more, you know. <laughs> so it was yeah. <laughs> yeah and i was like a little bit scared at the moment like what but okay uh yeah. it, it was also it was all nice and yeah you like uh on a i don't know don't know the the calling in english but on a you know on a rosa wallach they call it in dutch yeah like, you're you like know? a supernatural high yeah. yeah natural high um yeah and then it really starts you know <laughs> Uh, and then, um, yeah, you go in the first night and we uh, got some home help uh, from the government and uh, they're coming like uh, seven days and they help you uh, the, during the, the first days. And after that week, um, um, yeah, they go and then you're on your own, you know. So that's uh, pretty exciting, I think. Um, and I'm... We noticed that after the birth and after a week, um, some idea ideals we had, like we wanted to breastfeed for as long as possible, and that didn't really work out because Lou didn't want to drink from the breast, and then you have like an ideal picture in your head, and then you have to adjust mm-hmm. that. And for Babis, like the mother is like pretty difficult because yeah they have like the they want to do the best for the kids you know and uh, uh, and that was the first thing we had to do to deal with what makes it a little bit more difficult and after i was a month at home uh i took a month off from work uh, so that was really nice so yeah, you can help each other like all the way, and I can go. I, I could go to all the meetings with uh, uh, where we have to go for checking the the health of the kid and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, after that, after that month, you have to start your working again because I have my own business, and yeah, I can take a month off easily. But after that, yeah, you have to make some money as well to provide the family. Mm. And then uh, we noticed that the energy of Babis went really, really down. And yeah, she just called me uh, at work, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, you have to come home now, man. I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a bit, yeah, it was a bit stressful. And uh, in the end, we found out that she has, to, she has had a, an postnatal uh, uh, disp- 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 uh, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was a uh, a bit hectic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I think as a family and for me as a dad, yeah, you just cope with it, man. You try to 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 talk to each other and 
make a plan. Let's go to the doctor if he can help and stuff like that. So yeah, that was an intense period in our lives, but I think it it really helps when your relationship is in a good space, you know. Mm. And you yeah, you can help each other. That's in that's important. Mm. And you guys took it heads on. I know that you did a conscience uh well, you talked about it like, you know, that's that's I think that's the first step to talk about it so that you can find solutions. How long was the yeah. period for? Oh, I actually don't don't I don't know, man. Uh, maybe a year or so. Yeah. Yeah, because or I remember Yeah, I think longer. I mean, I don't know if the, if that's the the same period, but the I remember that you were a lot of the times never sleeping because you took over uh, the night yeah. shifts and that kind of stuff. And I, I mean, that I can relate to that, you know, with my yeah. kids. Luckily, in South Africa, we are able to to afford more help than you could in, yeah. in Germany or in, in Holland. It's just too expensive. But yeah. I remember those times. You're like, yeah, I'm not sleeping and I'm you know, working in the day and I'm doing this at night and this is, this is what the situation is. And I think if I remember correctly, Lou, your daughter is also a difficult sleeper. Yeah, um, as well. I, I, don't, I, think, I don't think it's like you can blame uh, stuff on one event, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. first you have yeah. the you had like the not drinking from the breast, then you had uh, yeah. the post uh, natal depression. Uh, yeah. Then then we found out that Lou uh, uh, was in a start. How do you call it in English? She was upside down in the in the womb. Uh, I don't know. What does that yeah. do? Um, yeah, like a baby. Um, a baby has to normally a baby is with his head down in the stomach and it comes out head first, of course. Uh, but when they're upside down, they're like turned a bit in the... And then uh, sometimes babies uh, um, get born like upside down. Or they're with like... Uh, uh, I was born like that, feet first. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but Lou uh, was uh, like that in the stomach for uh, quite a long time. But in the end, she turned. But because she was like that in the stomach, her hips were not developed right. Uh, okay. So she hadn't had a, a fully developed uh, hip. Is that because there's pressure on the hips when there is kind of like, it's almost like they're sitting? Yeah. It's almost like this. That's why. Okay. Yeah, that's why. So we uh, after the the first two uh, uh, events, like not not feeding, uh, eating from the breast, uh, and uh, the depression from my girlfriend, then we found out that she uh, had hip dysplasia, uh, displacement. Mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. called. So she had to. Uh, we had went to the to the specialist, and she had to wear like a special trousers to uh, keep her legs in one position. So there will mm -hmm. be, uh, uh, how do you call it, wrijving. Uh, uh, the hips can uh, evolve or can get better yeah. like, naturally. Mm -hmm. So she had that special uh, trousers for, uh, for, yeah, for one and a half years, I think. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so we had like a, due to that, uh, she didn't sleep very well. So she woke up like every one and a half hours or so in wow. the night. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Uh, now she sleeps, as I know. Yeah. But I mean, yes. it, yeah, it, there's a lot of topics there. You know, the unmet expectations is obviously a big one. I think we all, yeah. we all as parents have that. 
And I think especially moms have that um, more than dads because moms think about how, yeah, how the perfect wedding will be, how the perfect pregnancy will be, the all these dreams and wishes for when the baby's there and. Then if it yeah, doesn't we guys, work, we you, just go with the flow, you know. We go, yeah. yeah ideally, you go with the flow. Yeah. I mean, or you can find a mixture. You know, I think guys can also do well sometimes of thinking about it more. Yeah. As like think about more upfront, you know, like be clear on on knowing where you're heading, so to speak. But I mean, I think for women, and I think women also uh, create this pressure amongst themselves, like peer pressure. Like for instance, breastfeeding, man, is a whole political topic, and then suddenly total strangers who really you know it's really not their business have an opinion and that's like yeah. totally off you know that's yeah. like really really bad but moms do that i've seen that and that yeah. creates a whole extra level of stress yeah. but what i want to ask you is how did it feel because obviously you didn't know like both of you didn't know what was happening and you know you're all making this up we're all making this up as you go along and it's part of the reason for this podcast so how did it feel for you when suddenly you realized, okay, I, I have to take on this responsibility now. I have to do maybe an extra extra load of work because Babish was also pulling her weight, but you also go like, okay, now I have to kind of not sleep. And for instance, from my experience, I wasn't even able to get up anymore any longer when Vanessa was still getting up. Like she could still get up and I was like finished. I couldn't. And I, I, I understand now that women... Um, are actually uh, better suited to deal with uh, not sleeping than men. Yeah. Nature yeah. does it does that because it makes sense. And how like how did it feel to you to kind of take over that role or to an extent? I'm not saying that Babish didn't take over any roles. I'm just saying from your perspective as a father, how was that for you? That role and that triumph for me yeah. it was a lot of the times it was helplessness. I felt helplessness when I I couldn't. Uh, I thought about it. And then I talked to Babish and uh, I was thinking, yeah, what what's the best thing to do? And she, uh, I wanted to go to work during the day because um, I have to go on with my business and, uh, and provide the money. Luckily, I'm not that bad in getting up and I need don't need a lot of sleep. Yeah, I do now more, but in that days. So... Then I talked to Babish and I said to her, like, yeah, we don't do 50-50 in the night because you need all your energy because of your postnatal depression uh, during the day when I'm not here. So I do the night shift and then we get up together and uh, you do the day shift and I go to work. Of course, is there something wrong? You're always there, you know. But yeah, it was like super clear like we do it like this you know i do the night mm -hmm. you do the day easy yeah 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 and but that's yeah. a good way to be outspoken yeah. about it and act and make, make clear clear rules i want to say or not rules clear arrangements together so everybody knows yeah, how it's gonna yeah. work but yeah. uh i don't want that babies felt guilty about mm -hmm. sleeping in the night you know because mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. he's getting up and i'm sleeping no mm -hmm. I'm getting up because you can uh, sleep and get more energy to do the For other the part. You know, it's not yeah. like we do. We have to do the fifty-fifty thing. You know. Yeah, yeah. And women feel guilty all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't feel guilty to say what's what's going on. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, but that's a different different debate. Yeah. Okay, and <laughs> did you guys podcast. adjust? Like, did you learn? So then you went into it, okay, and you did the night shift. I, I yeah. suppose this was pretty much from the beginning or from the very start of it at some yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, and like the first, the first months or yeah. first months. And then did you adjust this fifty-fifty uh, rule, or did you just run with it? Like, what can you share with us that you learned in that process? Uh, yeah, we just went with it and we tried to do, uh, try to uh, figure out uh, a way that uh, Lou uh, could sleep better. You know. Mm -hmm. but that that's yeah sometimes we uh, i woke up like five times a night and then i was like Whew, that was a good night uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I, t i tell that to people and they say like what five I say, yeah. yeah ten is like normal you know ten is normal. yeah and they're like what yeah and yeah we just went with it and yeah we yeah, we had also the the special trousers for the for the hips so uh we thought when that uh would be over uh then the sleeping would go better as well yeah and that didn't happen yeah it actually happened but not always you know but that's the yeah. thing with kids once you figure it out you're like oh we figured it out and then they it's something else or yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's so. that's a hundred percent. I mean, we do. Did oh. I sleep in your bed? She didn't. Did she sleep in your bed? No, you because you said you're getting up. You didn't start co-sleeping. Um, yeah, we did some co-sleeping. Uh, she slept in our room uh, for the first uh, I don't know half a year or so. I, I yeah. Think. Okay. Uh, but not actually in the bed. Um, but in the room, really close. Um, mm -hmm. oh, I remember that. One of the first nights she, she wouldn't sleep and that was a funny story. I was like laying on the ground and we had like a little bed that you can move around and I was had a rope on the bed and was laying on the ground and woggle and woggle. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Man, But, uh, yeah, well done. Yeah. Yeah, you have to do a little bit MacGyver sometimes, eh? You do. I mean, yeah. I, I get into shit with my wife because they my kids are now three the triplets and the twins slept really well from the start actually and the triplets don't or didn't and still don't and at this moment in our hard lockdown we have night shift so i do one night and then vanessa does one night and then happy the night nurse who moved in with us uh, for the lockdown does one night and then it's my turn again yeah and i of course always wake up with at least two kids in my bed Uh, because I'm not strict enough <laughs> I don't send them back in into their beds because I really like it to cuddle with them yeah. um, but of course then I can't sleep and they don't learn to sleep and so she's like you know you have to be more strict for me man for me this is like I was I had the feeling like I had these triplets and we had the twins at the same time so I had to take over the twins because the triplets were touch and go in terms of they were about to you know in the beginning they were pretty much dying every day yeah and they luckily didn't um at the end but it was like really full focus on them from uh, my wife and and all these helpers and so i took over the triplets naturally the twins naturally and i feel like the first two years um or maybe a year and a half i really battled to to get time with the triplets because i had the twins And they were now very focused, the triplets were now very focused on my wife and happy. 
Um, and in the beginning, all these nurses and doulas, and then my wife's mother was there for like three months. And like, I feel like at the beginning, there was always someone on top of these these children, you know, yeah, like crazy. nursing you them. And, to, your own to, to your own kids. Because yeah. And Vanessa would be like, yeah, I was like, you know, there's always someone on top of these children. I almost don't have access to the kids. Of course I do, but like emotionally, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and there was like always this routine and like breastfeeding every I don't know, every two hours someone was being breastfed. I mean, that's a whole podcast on its own. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, that was also stressful because Vanessa, of course, yeah. wanted to breastfeed for a very long time. And it, uh, that's difficult with uh, triplets. So she managed, which is like amazing, amazing. Yeah. But it was it was stressful. Like it was painful. And like, it's just amazing what she did there, you know? Yeah, and you did also like a really survival thing, man. We did survival, man. And yeah. so now I feel like it's unfair that now... They are three and I haven't really had the time to cuddle with them at night and to have them yeah. to sleep in my bed. So I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to send them back to bed and yeah. tell them if, if you don't go to bed, I'm going to take away your teddy or whatever I'm going to do. Yeah. So but you don't have so, to actually, eh? No, I don't have I don't to. I, that, I have yeah. to in the sense that if I don't um, partake in the in enforcing the rules so that they go to bed, in the, sleep in their own bed, they won't because they, of course, also like cuddling and sleeping they don't yeah. care you know they kick you and they, they sleep you yeah. don't sleep <laughs> so so uh, so far i've been able to um yeah to stand my ground and i sleep in my bed when i can uh, there's a bed yeah. downstairs in the triplets room so the p person who has night shift sleeps in the room with the triplets that's why i asked where you slept and where lou slept and how this yeah. situation was but yeah. yeah man kids don't sleep in the beginning if you if you're if, if no, that is the case some kids uh, sleep uh, i remember yeah. then we were like the first couple in like uh, our like uh, in a circle in the city with kids mm. and afterwards people followed and i remember like babis and Nick when we went to visit them the first question we always asked like the parents like how's the sleeping going and then they slept yeah. uh, they say they yeah they sleep very, very well and we're like oh you praised man it's like so good for you we weren't jealous, don't talk you know? to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah, that was, yeah we were so happy when other kids from other people slept well you know yeah. because we know what it is to be like a lot of times woken up yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's uh, i didn't know this then um i know i know it because of the experience but i didn't know the scientific uh, insights behind it i just uh, finished a book called why we sleep it's an amazing book and it's all about oh, wow. how sleep um affects the body or non-sleeping affects the body and non-sleeping is irreversible so it creates damage uh, long-term damage in the brain and it's uh, uh, one of the prime primary indicators for uh, alzheimer disease and those kind of things oh, wow. and uh, sicknesses or health and and i can really um recommend the book because also in business people always think like yeah you know if you only can if you sleep four hours or six hours and the rest is work like you're super efficient that's totally not true if yeah, you're right. sleeping um and you're getting like a good eight hours of sleep you are much more efficient you're faster in your brain you're faster with your body you get less injuries in sports um you are healthier you can make better decisions you can focus better you get more stuff done um yeah all of these things it's it's really yeah, amazing it's, and, and it's very uh, powerful sleep, sleep is not overrated <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> and, and can you share a little bit about post postnatal depression in in principle i mean have you learned about the condition where does it come from what are best practices um 
Actually, does it make sense to find a third person to speak to uh, in the relationship? How does it affect relationship? How does it affect the mom? I mean, I know the world is driven by hormones, so yeah. that's one of those situations where you can just watch and learn and try and deal with the situation. And yeah. Share a bit yeah. about that. Yeah, um, in the beginning, yeah, you have to, it's just on your way, on your path, you know. So you have to deal with it. Uh, yeah, we have like a really nice uh, uh, doctor, like, uh, and, and and they found out really that the hormones of Babis, yeah, and with other all other wives are changing after birth as well, you know. And yeah, you have to get that, uh, try to get it in control, but I don't know really exactly how to do it and i still know that it's still like an issue you know uh, mm -hmm. and uh, that's really a woman's issue and actually i i don't know really a lot about it um what uh, the only thing about the postnatal depression uh, with our family was yeah i had just had to step up and be there that was yeah. uh, and and yeah of course uh, going to a doctor or like a talk to somebody about it, uh, like specialists. Yeah, it's really helpful. But you mm -hmm. neglecting is the worst thing to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, you have to yeah, take it, it serious. In your because face. It, yeah. yeah, it's super serious. And yeah, it's nobody's fault, you know. And yeah. I think again here, a big issue is actually the outside world. So there's a lot of judgment and guilt. Um, and I think especially, actually, for, and I say this not lightly, I say this uh, while I'm thinking, and I think especially from women to women, like yeah. men, I think are less judgmental in that way, you know, like yeah. a lot of that is projected from, from mother to mother and uh, that's difficult, you know. And, yeah, and there shouldn't but I think be. That's, a, that's a thing... I think also other guys, you know, dads maybe like more traditional or I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When they see uh, some uh, some a new model like being like super tired and stuff like that, and they also can think like, yeah, she's doing uh, she's she's playing like the I'm I'm uh, very tired card, you know, like yeah, I don't know. I can salute all the moms, and I can really, I mean, yeah. I've seen it. Mums are amazing in postnatal depression or not. What mums are doing, uh, and you know, just from bringing a child into this world, it's it's yeah, really that, a miracle. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That, I was super impressed by the birth. Just like that moment, you know, like really the birth. That was like, for me, it was an eye-opener. Did you have a and water birth in, at home? You said in the bedroom, but did you have a water birth? No, no, it was just on the bed. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, not a, lying not or or on on fours, all fours. Uh, lying, yeah, lying. And actually, it was so funny. Afterwards, there was like we didn't want to take pictures at the while the bird was going on, but the help was coming in, and she said, "Yeah, just take pictures." And if you don't want it afterwards, you can delete it. So I'm super happy that she took, took pictures. Them. Yeah, but there's like one picture, and see my eyes like a. Super scared rabbit or something like that. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, <laughs> what's what? going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And then uh, the doctors asked me, like, yeah, the head is uh, almost out. Do you want to take over now? 
Do you, you want like, to get your uh, get your own? Yeah, I was like, what? First, and then I was thinking, my brain worked like super quick, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is once in a lifetime once. chance, yeah. you know? Like, I was, yeah, yeah, let's go for it. Of course. So that was super special. So I really took uh, the shoulders from Lou and brought her like on this Into earth. Into this world. Wow. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Beautiful. Yeah. That's another thing, man. Um, I felt that um, I already knew more than other dads leading up to the birth and during the birth. Firstly, I went to every single uh, scan and checkup I went with. And we yeah. had a scan every two weeks because of the triplets. Um, and so I learned from that. Um, but I also did have the experience, for instance, actually, at the scans. The lady that was scanning was not the gynae. That was a different lady. And the lady that was scanning was really ignoring me. Like, And I mean, at, at one stage, I ask, asked a question. Um, I, I asked her, uh, how much bigger does it get? Literally, you know, <laughs> it yeah, was yeah, so yeah. big. Like after three months, Vanessa yeah. looked like she was fully about to, to give birth because there's three babies in there and she rolled she literally rolled her eyes and she had, said something to the effect that of how stupid am i and and what i really think is that it's dads need to be more empowered before and during the birth like what happened to you is yeah. super empowering because you yeah. suddenly become a part of the process and a part of this birth and this child coming into this earth Like when I had the birth, um, I was in the in the obviously in the in the uh, in the theater for the birth with the triplets, and we agreed that um, I will stay with the babies no matter what because Vanessa it was a Caesar you can't have a triplets yeah. birth without a Caesar so she had to stay in the theater but the and there were like 14 people or something in the theater it was crazy I mean there's like a doctor per baby and then there was a yeah. nurse uh, um, per per doctor and a helper per doctor so that's nine people and then there was yeah, anesthetist the wow. it's crazy anesthetist was 10 and then there was a gynae 11 uh, a doula 12 myself 13 vanessa obviously most important uh, 14 and then there was a photographer so there were 15 people in the theater and so it was like packed man and when the babies came out within like four minutes so one baby A minute later, the next baby, and then two minutes later, the third baby, and it, it they were so small, it, it it was scary, and they started immediately to almost process these babies. So they had three stations, and they did like very professional, like all these routines, whatever you, I don't know what you need to do with these ten and a half week early little beings, and they yeah. split the babies. So two babies went down into the NICU in the intensive care unit immediately. Yeah. I come to yeah. the point now why why this is about empowerment for dads, and then one baby stayed upstairs with Vanessa in the in the um, in the theater, and we decided that I'll go. Sorry, one baby went down and two babies stayed up, so one baby was really uh, weaker. So they yeah. went. She went straight down into into the NICU, and um, two babies stayed up with Vanessa in the theater, and so I went down. Uh, into the NICU because we decided, okay, this is the, the, the most, you have to decide on the spot, right? So, okay, one yeah, is going yeah. into intensive care. Okay, I'll go there. And I tried, well, I did go with, and then I tried to stand with the doctors and the nurses to like be there and hold the presence and hold the space. And they told me, no, you can't be here. That you just go away. This is not nothing uh, you, uh, for you to watch. 
um, this is like very dangerous or whatever. And they like really made it sound like, okay, this whole birth situation is now failing, e.g. the baby's dying. Yeah. They didn't explain anything to me. They just sent me away and they said, you can't be here. And they obviously said it <laughs> in uncertain terms. So I was literally yeah. sitting outside the intensive care unit meditating. Yeah. Um, and I remember this now because Vanessa actually had a podcast two days ago and she spoke about it. And I was sit, I'm sitting there meditating and I was like, you know, okay, the baby's busy dying. I'm not allowed to go there. Obviously, I didn't want to be in the way. So my best decision um, from the knowledge that I had or the information that I was given was to stay out of the way and yeah. to hope for the best, right? And then the, the, the gynae came down and she was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, yeah, they told me I can't, can't be there now because I don't know, they're doing some procedure. They didn't want to tell me. And she flipped she went <laughs> wow. she went to the doctors and she was like what are you doing he's this is the father and you know and turned out um they'd set a little catheter into the into the uh, baby's belly button yeah. because that's where the 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 uh, cord goes in right so the baby was feeding there for months anyway so it's a good entry and that um, needle goes all the way almost up into the heart and so that's it's yeah. not nice to watch because it's bleeding and there's like it's yeah, it's delicate uh, procedure, but it's not like life-threatening. The procedure itself isn't no, life. They do it more often, probably. Exactly, yeah. and so they just didn't yeah. want me to see that because they 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 thought like they want to spare me the sight. But really, by not explaining um, what was going on, by disempowering me, they caused uh, the effect that I was certain that the baby's busy dying. So what I'm saying is. Yeah. It makes so much sense to inform dads what's going on, to involve dads, yeah. to plan together. We're talking about a totally different topic here, but I, I, yeah. I think it's valuable. To inform yeah. dads, um, you know, like how the birth will go, what can go wrong, what can go well, how can they support, yeah. um, you yeah, know, be there emotionally. Yeah. yeah, and like don't start WhatsApping because you you, you think uh, you can't help. You can, you know, you're there yeah. to hold the space and you're very much a part of the birth. Yeah, by involving yeah. dads, have a better outcome, yeah. you know. Yeah, probably you didn't had didn't had that much stress stress if you were in the room, you know. Yeah, exactly. I would have seen it, yeah. and I would have seen. Yeah. It. yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, what what else you can do is is get. We had a doula, and my wife, as you know, is a doula. So she's she's um, helped dozens of baby into this into this world, and so I knew more than the the, the average dad, anyways, I guess. Yeah. So, but still, it, I was like clueless, you know. And and I think yeah. to to involve dads more is better because it yeah. it creates a better outcome for everybody, really. Yeah, just what you said before the story, like yeah, I went to every appointment. Yeah, I did that as well. That's yeah. super important. Uh, also, is. Even if it's like a little small standard procedure thing, if you have the time, especially in the beginning, yeah, just go. Yeah, you won't have the same child twice, you know. <laughs> no. If you have one child or three children, that doesn't matter. You need to go for those. I was actually thinking of creating an app, um, like a pregnancy app for dads. If anybody is listening and wants to create the app, please call me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I th there's nothing, again, there's nothing for dads. Yeah. How come there's no app for, you know, like... Pregnancy apps for that for moms work like this. There's like a, a little thing and it says, okay, and there's millions of those. Okay, the baby is now the size of a pea. 
um, or the size of a banana and this is now what happens and this is how the baby is and and that's really okay that's really nice I don't know for moms and it, it talks about nutrition and I don't know yeah. if it's one of the better one maybe talks about hormones and, and, and why certain feelings come up or what what you can do or how you can move or what you cannot do but you know it doesn't say how you involve dads and also For that, I think we have different questions. Like I would have wanted to know how does you, your wife feel at this moment? Or I mean, I can ask my wife, but you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, some more background it, information would be nice. Probably. Yeah, not and, and not just information, like also maybe best practices. Like what can you do? Yeah. How can you involve yourself more? Give people tips. Like, yeah. you know, like dads don't know. So it's better to, to help in that sense with information and with, with uh, practical doable or executable tips so to yeah. speak but sorry yeah. we deviated completely from uh, <laughs> postnatal <laughs> depression is there more that you yeah. want to share how does i mean does lou do you talk to lou about this topic no i guess not no not yet because no. she's really young but yeah, yeah. i don't i maybe no that's not really what we do no uh As I like especially now she's like already nine years eh? and like we yeah. talk, we talked about uh, before it was like the only six months you know we're like nine years further now yeah 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 uh, it's it's crazy and I really like like how she's growing up and getting a real person like own unique person more and more yeah. and more and more only so uh, the, she has the only the her own uh social life uh almost you know like i i go on bike with her in the town and then we we ride somewhere and they're like hey lou hey hi uh, and who's i'm this? like <laughs> asking who's that yeah <laughs> i know we're from school and uh yeah, she's yeah. this and this and this and i'm like okay so yeah that's really cool man yeah uh, but you have a very tough. special bond with lou and i think it comes also from that time i think yeah. it comes from that time i think she knows that um You said earlier, which was very powerful, you said uh, if it if this issue arises or whatever issue this is, and I'm just generalizing it now to the to to other issues as well, uh, you just need to step up and deal with it and then you can learn afterwards. But first you need to step up. And I think Lou really knows that you're stepping up to the relationship with her. And that's also why I admire you so much as a dad, because I know this, because I know you well, and I know that yeah. you've stepped up as a dad not just for getting up at night, but you actually said, okay, this is now my role and I'm not just like on the sidelines, I'm stepping up and I'm stepping in and that's... Yeah, I think you 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 choose choose for it, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, you can see it as like uh, um, like that's, a, that's it, you have to do it like you must, but yeah, yeah, of course you must, but you choose for it, so yeah, make the best experience for like everyone mm -hmm. in the family. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I try to be positive as much as I can, but yeah, sometimes I, I flip, you know, <laughs> like when yeah. it's like you're a bit stressed and I'm like, it's always the same with you. And I'm like super guilty, like instant, like it's not always, it's just like me being stressed and like, oh, sorry, Louis. <laughs> But you remember that like, ah. Yeah, yeah. I think every parent does that. You can't be like of course. always strict and like always like the, the best version of yourself mm -hmm. because you have a lot of other distractions in your life. 
sometimes. So yeah, but I think that's uh, good to remember when you uh, f- when I flip out like that, I feel guilty instant. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's like a good thing, you know, because yeah, I remember when I was a child, that wasn't that way. You know, you did what your father said, and that's it. You know, there was no discussion. Yeah. So from that, I yeah, that's also why I uh, uh, being like the best dad as possible because for my own experience, it was a little bit difficult, and I didn't really had a good bond with my dad. And yeah, that is all. That is, I think, that is maybe the best uh, trigger in my head to be as good as possible together with Lou. And puppies mm-hmm. and do it like yeah, make a make good time together, you know. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah, I think that's most important. Have you been able to fix your relationship with your dad or to sort it out later in um, later years? No, no, no. I didn't. Uh, um, no, no, that didn't work out. Yeah, there was no contact at all. And in the end, a couple of years ago, he was very ill and he died. Um, but he never took like uh, a step in my direction again yeah and when Lou got got older I was like thinking yeah what should I do if he calls or if he just wants to meet I was like more open to it yeah but the history was like uh, yeah it has to come from him yeah and I'm you can't say you can't find me because if you go on Google and type in my name, you can find all my stuff, so you, yeah. it's easy to contact me, and yeah, and I was, uh, I was, uh, when I was young, I was really angry about all the stuff that happened, but in the yeah. end, not any anymore, actually, so yeah. You just left it, let my it mother, go. I let it go, and my mother had a new friend, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, that guy, I never said that to that guy because I was already 17, 18, 19. Yeah, well, he's not your dad. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, when I asked him something, like, oh, can you help me with uh, this and this? Uh, and then, like, in that week, he said, yeah, let's do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was very valuable for me because my mm-hmm. own dad, I asked, yeah, can you help me with this? And he was like, no, I don't have the time, mm-hmm. you know? So when I experienced that my stepdad did that super small thing, you know, yeah, then you feel like, oh, this is the way it has to go, you know? Yeah, those those are that's a big topic. Hey, we should have a whole yeah. podcast on that. I mean, forgiveness for parents uh, is a big one. I think like one of the yeah. biggest, maybe because you can't. If you carry, I see that from myself. Actually, in fact, I have a call with my mother tonight and my relationship with my mother is not ideal. Um, and there's just stuff from the past that I'm I'm holding on to and it's not ideal because it doesn't serve me today and it doesn't serve her neither. But if I wait for whatever actions, um, I'm not in control anymore. So of my own yeah. present. So what I've learned... Um, from my mentor, actually, Warren, he said, uh, you know, I checked in on, I checked in on the topic and I was like, yeah, I want to have a good conversation with my uh, mom and my dad also to clear up whatever needs to be cleared up. Cleared up. Um, 
just so I can let it go. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I don't even know where to start. You know, it's 20 years ago. I've been, uh, or longer, I've been in Africa for, what, 18 years now. So in a sense, my relationship uh, with my parents is stuck uh, in the time where I was 17 or 18 or 20 when I left. You know, I left to the States at 17 for exchange uh, student. And then I came back for a year or two, finished uh, high school. And I went to the army for a year because we had to back in the days. And then I already, I think I had already moved out. So I was already not living at home anymore. And then I studied in Sydney. I came back for another year to Munich you know, and then like you're 18 or I don't know, I was like 20 or whatever. You know, so you're not really sit down and spend all this time with your parents. And then I moved to... Oh, when? Yeah, and then I moved to Cape Town. So literally my relationship is stuck at 17 years old. Yeah. And he was like... A, a, whole, a whole other life. A different uh, life, bro. Like yeah, I've been yeah. gone longer than I've been in Munich. You yeah. know, and so um, he was like, yeah. Uh, if you don't know where to start, forget forget uh, where to start. All you have to do is have a conversation of forgiveness. And um, all you have to do is uh, take control of the present and create an option for the future. So you have to forgive yourself first for having these thoughts or holding on to the past or whatever. Because you can't change the past. So that's the first step, forgive yourself. And the second step is have a conversation of forgiveness and tell whoever it is, in this case, uh, the parents, but it doesn't matter who, um, uh, I forgive you for what you've done or what you've said or whatever has happened. It's in the past. And if you'd, if you'd like to, we can have, um, I'm open to a, com to a, a relationship in the future so that you can know my wife and my children. And if you don't yeah. want that, that's also okay. No problem. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And then it's cleared. And I think that's really powerful. In fact, I'm gonna. I have the conversation tonight at eight o'clock. So yeah. <laughs> I let. Uh, yeah. Wish me luck. And yeah, man, <laughs> do yeah. it. But I think it's it's true. You know, like what's the point of? He said this twenty years ago, or whatever. This and this and that, and everybody's kind of moved on, anyways. And yeah, if you're waiting for the other person to resolve the issue. It's not going to happen, maybe, no. or it yeah. can happen, but that's why it's so powerful what he said in the beginning is take control of the presence, of the present time and yeah. create an option for the future. And I think it applies to many, um, many issues, not just parents, but it really applies. It's the same for what you did when you had your child, you know, you took control of the present and you created yeah. options for the future with this. And yeah. that's a powerful thing. And yeah and i think it's when when you talk about children yeah it's uh some situations like if with work you can just stop it you know but mm -hmm. if you have your own child it's for life so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you can't leave it like that yeah. that's my opinion i think i think is there other stuff or is there anything no pressure we still have like 20 minutes um mm. but is there other stuff that i haven't brought up that is important for you or that you wanted to share? A lot of stuff is cliche, of course, like do a lot of stuff with your family, but I think that is really important uh, to show them your own world, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you can do a lot of stuff with your children, like uh, check what they want and um, go with their needs, but sometimes it's good. 
I remember when I'm getting older, you know, like I can be in the garden playing with the ball with Lou. But sometimes I just want to be in the shed and uh, working on one of my boards nowadays, a new hobby, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I noticed that I sometimes I say, yeah, I'm just here in the shed. Uh, yeah, if you want, you can. If you want to, you can join. And just by doing your own stuff, uh, I noticed that she's like picking up a hammer and oh, can I use this piece of wood? And then we're like doing. Uh, stuff together apart you know like yeah. i'm working on my project and she's next to me and she's doing her own little thing yeah uh, and i think that's also important to do that yeah in- instead of just like what the child wants you know that is very important because you're giving the child um permission to to play on her own and just by your own by your presence because you're standing next to her or she's like also there in the room She knows that it's okay. That's a big. Yeah. That's a big thing um, that dads actually uh, do really well um, by not minding, but minding the child. If you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. You're allowing her in the space, and you're giving her something to do or not, and she can ask you if she wants to, but she doesn't have to. But she knows it's okay because you're not interfering with her. You know. If she yeah. picks up a chainsaw, you will say, "Hey, hey, 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 hey!" You. Yeah, <laughs> this is this idea. is not exactly, <laughs> and, and and that's yeah. really powerful. Um, I had yeah. someone on the show, um, Warren Farrell. He's a super interesting guy. He makes White House policy uh, for men and boys. And he wrote a book called The Boy Crisis. And it speaks yeah. around, um, and it's all scientific. It's really interesting. He wrote it for like 12 years. Um, and he speaks about the impact um, there is on sons, particularly. It's about boys, the boy crisis, where the father is absent. And that's one of the learnings I get either from him, I can't remember, or from the book. Fathers are really good in um, helping their children grow by being there and allowing the child child to be in a safe space, but not interfering all the time. So yeah. that's just what you've just described. That's really good. Yeah. My kids that, do it that, too. Yeah. Dads are like more like taking more risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not really risk, but yeah, like do crazy stuff, you know, like uh and i remember like lou sometimes says to friends like oh i was with my dad over there and he did like this and that you know and it's like a super small thing i i can't really uh give a good example but it's like really nothing and for her it's like a total experience you know yeah uh, just yeah just hang out that's and remember now she's getting older i can really hang out with her like with As friends, you know, mm-hmm. not uh, father daughter, but just hang out, watch some TV. That's uh, nice because you've managed, or it seems like you've managed that. You've set a path for your child wanting to be or spend time with you past 18, where you're not just where she's dependent. Yeah. You're telling her what to do, and if she wants to spend time, that's the, that's the ideal, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, that's gonna be a crazy time when she gets 18 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But what <laughs> wow. I'm saying is, she won't stop. Uh, she won't stop being there when she's 18. So if, no, no. in fact, she's gonna be there much longer than 18. So it makes more sense to have a relationship or to strive for a relationship where she wants to spend time with you afterwards, after 18. You know, when she yeah. left the house. And I think that's often like parenting's always like okay, how to bring up the children, but parenting is. And never so much discussed in 
how you bring up the children so that at 20, 30, 40, they still want to spend time with you. Because then they start having their own life and I want to be part of, of the life of my children then. Like I have, yeah. a, I have a fitness goal, for instance. I want to be fit enough in 25 years uh, so that they want to take me on an adventure trip, like going on a surf trip or, or you know, hiking Mount Kilimanjaro or whatever it might be. And I yeah. need to be fit enough for that so that they don't say, okay, dad's fat and old and we can't take him. You know, that's, it's not going to be fun if he comes. So those has, that, that goal in, uh, inherently has two um, yeah, sub-goals, if you want. Firstly, there's a physical goal. I'm fit enough. But secondly, and maybe more importantly, they need to like me. If they don't like yeah. me, it doesn't matter if I'm fit. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if they want to, if, if I want them to ask me to come on a surf trip, ideally, <laughs> and, uh, that would be gold. Then I need to be yeah. fit enough and they need to like me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be on a surf trip with someone you don't like. Exactly. So they won't ask That's me. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and in fact, we should start planning our next one. I mean, the. Yeah, yeah, we definitely. Angola must. went out the window with COVID 19. Yeah, Sucks. yeah. The last two years wasn't that really good. Yeah, but we were, yeah. we were, we were about to book for Angola, man. Yeah, for man, June, July. Like just That's that not going to happen. One click away. I know. <laughs> I want to know things that you have learned as a dad in your journey um, that are powerful learnings that will benefit other fathers and moms. Many moms listen to this podcast too. Yeah. Like I said, like be, being there, like being dead, being there is like the, the most, uh, makes the most sense for me. Uh, just adapt, be flexible, listen to your child, but don't forget yourself. I see that a lot of times with, uh, people getting children and then all of a sudden their own, their own hobbies and their own life doesn't matter and it's all for the children, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's good for the children in the end. So, yeah, do your own stuff, but take your kids with as, as, as much as possible. And, yeah, I think that's, for me, that's the most important, that I can do stuff with her. And, Sometimes I was thinking, yeah, it would be nice if she likes to surf because I surf, but yeah, she, at the moment she isn't, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't have to push it. Let's do something else, you know? And now I noticed that she know that knows that I'm surfing and she wants a bodyboard, you know? So yeah. it's her own choice. Bingo. You don't have to push your things. Yeah. You, you, you don't have, you don't have to push your kids, you know, let's the, choose them themselves and then the choice is more powerful of the or the thing they do is more powerful yeah. because it's their decision you know yeah um yeah and enjoy uh, enjoy it while you while you can because the cliche they grow up fast is really true um but i also don't uh, get stuck at the at the the young age you know like oh, i wish she was younger no i like it when she's 9 i like it when she's 8 yeah I like it when she's 10, you know? Yeah. Every period is something special, even if they annoy you sometimes, you know? Yeah. That's their job, by the way. Yeah. Their job is to push the, <laughs> push the boundary so that they can yeah. learn what the boundary is and your job is to an extent yeah. to push back or not and give in. And I think that's also the dance that you said, yeah. you know, be flexible and kind of 
Yeah. Stand your ground, but and not. Actually, I think uh, mm-hmm. getting of uh, being a dad or like getting uh, when I uh, uh, became a dad, uh, it also uh, gave direction in my own life. You know, mm-hmm. because when you're younger, you want to have a career, you want to do this, and maybe it's that, and something is missing, or is it really what I want? Uh, and on besides of having uh, of uh, being a dad and uh, be there for the family it also pushes me in what is what i what um what's really important for me you know do yeah. i want to go uh, every weekend to concerts uh, what i really with what i really liked uh, do i want to do this or that and it pushes me to do like okay i'm a father now i have to be there for my kid and for my girlfriend and I have uh, no company I really like, so I have to focus on that. Uh, and w- what else? And yeah, surfing is uh, like the main hobby. And all the other stuff, uh, I didn't drop, but it's more, it's less important, you know? Yeah, I know 100%. Because, yeah, yeah, that's, and I'd, that also gave me a lot of uh, free space in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. This is the things I do. Uh, if I can, I uh, I join uh, friends in a, to go to the bar, like a nice concert. But if I can't, it's also okay because I have the other three things, what are like the main things I do, you know? Yeah. And that ge- also gave a lot of uh, yeah direction in my own life. Yeah. Uh, and as actually that's because of Lou, you know, because yeah. she was there. She pushes me in that. Yeah, you have to make a choice, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is very true. I can. I have the same. I don't yeah. attend a uh, small talk uh, event, so to speak. You know, just like just if it's irrelevant or the person's not important, I'm not going to socialize in that setting because I'm. I don't have time, anyways. You know, I run a company and I have all these children. Um, I have a podcast. I want to also have my own time. Um, we recently started a fundraiser. Oh, I want to tell you about the fundraiser. I'll do it just now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think this is very important what you said. The child gives you di- direction in a sense or helps you yeah. focus on the right priorities or actually even just think about, about the right priorities. Like before yeah. children, I had so much time. I don't even know what I did with all that time. Now I don't <laughs> have that time anymore. And now my time is, feels more precious because yeah. it's... Um, yeah, it's not as disposable as as available anymore. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, the fundraiser we're doing, check it out, man. It's called togetherforcapetown.com. Togetherforcapetown.com, and we are. Our aim is to uh, raise enough money for three million meals before the year is out for kids in underprivileged areas, so in the township. Because what happened here in South Africa due to the lockdown, we're in a hard lockdown since the 27th of March. The economy has collapsed. I mean, a lot of friends uh, and entrepreneurs I know here um, basically have lost their businesses because they can't go back to work and no one can go back to work. Just a few now in like, it's called uh, crucial services or crucial businesses um, are allowed to go, but you need like a special permit. So uh, unemployment is obviously skyrocketed. And in a yeah. in an economy where people live from hand to mouth anyways, you know, like the maid or the, the carpenter or the worker, or a lot of these people um, in this country basically live off a day rate or a weekly pay. 
And if you let them go without work for two months, <laughs> you can imagine the, you know, and the government is not able to pay that. You can imagine the results, you know, not taking away from the issues in Europe, but like here it's, no, no. it's real, like here people are hungry. So that's what we're doing together for capeton.com. And I'm looking for people uh, and companies or organizations that have Cape Town dear in their hearts. So the aim is not to go, oh, everybody's hungry, please please give us money, but kind of like Cape Town is a beautiful place and this is how you, you remember it, but now it's changed a little bit, so let's make sure that it goes back to how you remembered it. You know, yeah. if you were a tourist, get involved or help us with reach or give some money. Yeah. Different topic altogether. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, will you have children again? Or is this phase um, finished for now? Yeah, actually, uh, I think for me it's finished. Babish is now 38, so uh, it could be uh, an option. But yeah, we talk about it once in a while. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we say, yeah, maybe. But yeah, at the moment it's uh, no. Mm -hmm. um, we have like one kid and that's really nice. And yeah, that's also maybe short, but uh, yeah, our first plan, if you can say it like that, but yeah, it would be nice to have like two kids or something like that. You have like a, an ideal plan in your head, like, oh, it would be nice if this and that. And then you notice that it's not that uh, nor easy to get kids for some people, you know? So that's an uh, also another story. Um, but yeah, after like the old stuff that happened, like with the depre uh, depression and uh, less sleep, yeah, we also uh, made another decision. Like, yeah, we don't want more kids than one at the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. We don't know what the future brings, but yeah, you have to constant be like flexible with your ideas and yeah, make, yeah, don't be, don't get stuck in one ideal situation you really want, you know? And yeah, for us, it's like, we're like perfect with the three of us. We have a dog now, so. I saw that on Instagram. So that's nice. And that's really <laughs> nice. So sometimes when she's only child, Lou, sometimes I'm thinking, oh, it's a bit sad that she likes to have like, has like two adults like constantly and she's like the only child, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, we live in a, ni a nice neighborhood with a lot of kids and people are coming over and yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's fine. Yeah, it is. It's just the way it is. Yeah. It is fine. I mean, I've seen Lou interact with my kids and it's uh, perfectly fine, you know, she's not like yeah. uh, only child that can't yes. interact with other kids. She very much uh, copes really, really well. Yeah. yeah, you create a situation that they meet other kids, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you do it, uh, it's like an alternative uh, of, uh, of brothers and sisters. It's like friends all around. Mm -hmm. I like that point of be flexible in your head and don't stick to your own expectations or create your own yeah. problems by sticking to your own expectations because those can be totally unrealistic and then suddenly you find yourself in a situation that you that is hard to overcome because you've cause this own picture in your head and it's not happening yeah. and you know that's difficult i can I have a million stories of those sunday we're pretty much at an hour with this unless there's something else that you say hey this needs to be shared no at the moment i think we had like a nice chat and went like 
Uh, a lot of directions. Yeah. So that's what I like. <laughs> Same here, man. <laughs> yeah, we can talk for hours, I think. I know. But, uh, I, I miss you, yeah. man. I, I'm so looking yeah. forward to our next surf trip. I, actually, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, yeah, because we didn't saw each other for like two years now, I think. I know. Almost. Yeah. And you take it, it for like granted. One. Like now yeah. that I can't, like I can't even leave this country. We decided, I mean, we decided it was a um, conscious decision. We decided that we're not leaving before the lockdown. I knew what was going to happen because my brother lives in China. So I sat down uh, with yeah. Vanessa and I explained to her that, you know, they will close the borders here and there will not even be planes going um, to the extent that we, yeah, I could almost say evacuated her uh, in-laws like one day before the last uh, Lufthansa flight went out from Cape Town to Munich. I don't know how we wow. managed to get them on that plane, but it was clear to us that what was going to happen. And now I can't leave, but now it's like, yeah, wow, you know, flying for 300 euros to wherever you want kind of thing is also a thing of the past, maybe. And if yeah. if you can't just move that freely, suddenly you appreciate that so much more. Yeah. Okay, Sander, with this one, Thank you so so much for sitting with me and for sharing. And I do yeah, think yeah, this was a powerful one for me. And a big learning is the one don't get stuck in your own head and your own expectations. Cool man. Thank That's you. It, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you for being on. <laughs> Super. Thank you so much for listening in. I really hope you liked the session. If you did, please share this podcast. I'm sure you know someone who wants to hear this. Make no mistake, your shares are meaningful and they drive our success. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for listening in. Hope to catch you next time. Have an awesome day. Ciao.